Welcome back to Revolutionary Health, the show that focuses on Black and men's health and wellness. We are so happy to have you back. So thank you, thank you, thank you. As always, follow us on all our social media. On Twitter, we're at Building Desire. Facebook and Instagram, at The Counter Narrative. Like, subscribe, follow, comment, tell a friend to tell a friend to tell their friends, and come back and watch all our videos. I'm so excited. Um, I'm your host, Michael Ward. I'm so excited as well this week that we've got Johnny Cornegay back here to chat with me um, as we continue our COVID-19 series. And you've been so transparent and so honest. So I just thank you ahead of time for this incredible conversation that we're going to have uh, with you about the COVID-19 test that you just had. I know most of us are very, very curious about what that experience is. And my, I myself, I haven't had one. Um, there's fear, there's anxiety, there's all of these things that are coming up for me about getting this test. So I am grateful and thankful that you're here to tell the story. But before we get into that, as always, I want to check in with you. How are you doing? How are you feeling? You know, I got to be honest, it's been a rough week for mm. a lot of reasons. And so I am coming to this show as transparent as I can be. Um, because I do think it's important to acknowledge um, that not just Black gay men, but I think in particular Black gay men, um, when we start thinking about the caregiving aspect, when we start thinking about all of these things that are coming at us potentially from family as well as our own personal stuff, that mm. this is a it's been a particularly rough time for me this week. So I just want to put that into the space. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it for being so transparent and open. And hopefully with this show, as we talk about the COVID-19 test, we work through some of that um, as well with it. So let's get into it and let's start. Tell us about the test, what happened, break it down. I want to hear it all. Okay. So, <laughs> um, okay. Let me, let me take a step back. I currently live in the small town I grew up in of Chester, Pennsylvania. And one of the things that I noticed very early on, this is across the country though, right? Where there seemed like there was just a lack of testing and a lack of conversation about testing. What I know about people who live in my city, I'm really fortunate that I have work that I'm always working from home anyway, right? So I'm very fortunate that my life and my livelihood and my uh, wasn't disrupted in from a from a financial standpoint, right? So I have to mm -hmm. sit in that and recognize that that's uh, that's one of uh, that's a privilege that I have, right? Mm -hmm. But I know that a lot of people who are in my city don't have that. So I learn by accident that my city was, um, there was going to be a COVID-19 test. Now, I thought it might have been the state, but it was not. There is a nonprofit called the Black Doctors COVID-19 Consortium here that um, uh, was hosting this. And it was in collaboration with um, the medical concierge resource. I'm getting that name a little bit wrong, but they were kind of providing the technical aspect of being able to sign up. So this non this volunteer group of doctors was coming to my small town of Chester, Pennsylvania to provide COVID-19 tests. And I just so happened to see it the day before on Facebook. It wasn't like announced. It wasn't like a big thing. It was just like, if you saw it, you saw it. Mm. So I said, okay, 
called my brother and I was like, listen, we need to all go get tested. Um, and that's exactly what we did. So the next day, they were going to test from 10 to 4. Okay? Mm-hmm. So I didn't know what to expect. And we pull up to what we thought was a really short line. But he was like, oh, no, the line is actually down there. He just pointed down there. So we actually had to drive three blocks, which in the grand scheme of things, Chester is a city of 34,000 roughly people. So driving Mm -hmm. three and a half blocks wasn't that bad, right? Right. But we had to wait in line for two and a half hours. Two and a half hours. Two and a half hours. Now, here's the thing. I want to put this in context. You have a volunteer group of doctors. Mm -hmm. This was not the state. This was not the county. This was a volunteer group of doctors. So there was a limited amount of people, right, coming to a small, poor city that hasn't had testing widely like this. So what I kept talking about is we have to be patient because my mom is like, oh, I'm not used to all of these lines and da-da-da. I was like, mom. These are volunteers. This is not, we have to be patient with these folks because they're out here doing what they can for us and we need it. Mm-hmm. So what was fascinating about this experience though was there was maybe only three or four people who got out of line. Most of the people waited, right? Mm-hmm. And here was the anxiety. Okay. Um, getting a COVID-19 test felt like the first time I went and got an HIV test. It was a very similar anxiety, right, of this kind of being unfamiliar, not, and afraid. We Remember when we talked on the doctor show, when Dr. Q talked mm-hmm. about that test? Yeah. And yeah. I was, so I didn't want, I, didn't, I was like, I don't even want... <laughs> No, because that's been a lot of my fear and anxiety of actually seeing it, hearing it, and like how, like how yes. am I gonna do? How am I gonna do this? So I know, I know it. Yep. I, I know that fear, that anxiety. <laughs> yep. So I'm sitting in line. I have this fear of, oh my god, um, one, what is this test going to feel like, and then two, what are the results going to be? Mm-hmm. So I'll start with answering part one. We actually received a specific test from LabCorp. LabCorp has developed their own test for COVID-19, which I was unaware of. So when he came out with these really, really little swabs, and I'm like, wait a minute, that ain't, that ain't the COVID-19 test, the COVID-19. He was like, okay, we're using a new test that LabCorp has developed. I can go get the old test if you want to. And I was like, no, 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 give me that one. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna lean with it, rock with it, and um, it was a very non-invasive test. So the LabCorp design test um, only comes to right at the beginning, and they swab both nostrils, and that's that was it. So the test itself was very non-invasive. It was like you lift your head, swabby, swabby. They put it in the solution. You're done. Okay. It took longer to do the paperwork than it did to do the test. So I was like relieved but worried because I'm like, oh, what quick. is this test? 
it's too quick and they're not going to know. But then I looked it up and they do have permission to use this test, right? They, it's not a widely used test like it is specific to LabCorp in these emergency situations. People can go to the LabCorp COVID-19 site and they kind of talk about the process that they went through. So the FDA, I believe, has, they haven't reviewed the test itself, but they have approved that they can use the test. So it's not like an official FDA approved widely available test, but they have given permission to use it. So I felt mm-hmm. a little bit more comfortable in that, okay, well, this reputable uh, farm, this reputable company that does this kind of testing has developed this test that actually was quite was easier than I've seen the other test be. Um, so that was my testing experience. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it was two and a half hours. It was um, not enough people. I felt like were out there. Honestly, like and I said, you said it's thirty four thousand. Thirty-four thousand people. people, and maybe consistently, maybe four blocks. Like when we drove out, mm-hmm. I took a video actually, and it was maybe four blocks of cars. And I'm like, this is not a lot of people. No, okay. Out here, and um, and I felt really concerned about that. So, and and I just I'm curious as well to know because this is you said a volunteer volunteer group of people correct. coming together, right? So I'm, I'm assuming that the testing was free of charge. Correct. Um, yep. So it was free of charge. So you would think that more people would come out, yep. um, kind of with it being a free test. Yep. So I, I, maybe it's the fear and anxiety. Maybe people don't want to know all of those. That just makes me curious to kind of, kind of yep. think why would why would there not be more people out there? Yeah. yeah. And I think one of the things that so here's what I learned on the back end. Mm-hmm. What I learned was even talking to members of my family, they were like, oh, my God, I wish I had known, like, I would have tr- I would have made an effort to go. But because it was, you know, there's limitations, right, to getting this type of thing out there, especially when you're a small little volunteer group. It's like, listen, we're mm-hmm. going to use the tools that we have to get the word out, and that's all that we can do. And so, but what I do know is that more of my family members, and I thought I'd shared it, like, as widely as I could, you know, I've been dealing with my own stuff, but mm-hmm. it most, a lot of people didn't see it. And I think a lot more people would have come. Um, so I think that's one lesson. And I think the second lesson is um, that this goes back to, we have to hold our systems accountable. Like this should have been, in my opinion, a state county thing. Like we need widely available testing. Right mm-hmm. now, well, as of three days ago, my little city of Chester had 314 cases. My father's one of those cases. Wow, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to hear. Yeah. You know, and so that's one of the reasons why it was so important for us to get tested as well, because it's like, listen, we need to know so that we can do what we need to do. Um, and, and I'll reveal. So my test did come back negative. Um, okay. Um, and yeah, that's, that's, that's good news. It's good that, news. That's good news. It's good news. And, um, but I, I am a firm, I'm firmly believing that in order for us to turn the tide, like more people need to be tested so that they can know. And I'm just encouraging people wear your mask, baby. If you can do just one thing, if you can't stay home, 
wear your mask at least. Um, so yeah, it's been heavy. I can I can only imagine. I just want to I just want to say as well. How is your father? Like how's how is he doing right now? Uh, interesting question. Um, uh, not particularly well. I'll kind of leave it there. He okay. is. There's I, I room. He's beating the odds. I do okay, want to good, put that in good, the space. Good, good. He's okay. beating the odds, but it's still not good, right? right. Um, mm-hmm. So we're just kind of working really hard as a as a family as best we can to, you know, make sure that we're caring and looking after him and all of that stuff. But um, yeah, man, this thing is real. Mm-hmm. And and thank you for sharing that because I was going through social media as well, and people are asking questions if you know anybody who's been affected, any family members, anything like that, because I think in a lot of people's minds, they still feel like it's something that's over there. You know, it's over there because most of us are quarantined. We're in self-isolation. But there have been so many stories like that you're sharing with us of people coming out and saying they're family members and having to readjust. And how do you, you know, care for, you know, as especially in particular in those situations where you're a caregiver, you know, how do you how do you keep that? Um, in context, and I don't want to stay on, on that for too long, but I'm definitely glad that your father is okay. Um, my love, everything to you and your family, that, that's a situation. And even with the testing, I can share uh, personally in my experience, um, one of the good things of, of, of Florida, I know there's not much happening that's good out of Florida, but one of the good things for me is because I still like have had my phone number forever, is that they have started like text messaging. I guess they text um, um, everybody, I guess, that has the area code. And so I get these texts that say, we're doing COVID-19 testing. This is where it is. It's free of charge. And that way they can kind of use those systems to reach people, you know, and even that is a barrier because everybody may not have access to the internet, a cell phone, any of those kind of things, but they're encouraging people to go out and get tested, you know, and like you say, wearing your mask, I, I'm still facing my fear and anxiety of even going outside you know, to the grocery store. And it's one of those things for me that I'm challenged with as well now of like, do you want to know? Do you not want to know? Because you can be asymptomatic and you, you know, and you're still um, here. And in my particular situation, you know, I'm with the essential workers. So there, there's that, that part as well that, that I'm dealing with. So just thank you. Thank you. And I agree that we have to hold our systems accountable, um, especially when it comes to the people that are in the highest office of this country that think that we've done enough testing and that it's okay for it um, or not to go and for sharing your results as well. So I'm, I'm so glad to hear um, that you are negative and that you're, that you're in there and fighting and fighting the fight. And also I'm just curious too, because as far as with black people being um, affected by COVID-19 and with everything going on, as far as like how many people were out there in Chester, Pennsylvania, as far as people that look like us um, that were out there getting Mm -hmm. tested, do you think there were enough of us? I know that in totality, we have what, three and a half, four blocks you said of people, but how many do you think black folks were being reached by the testing? I'm just curious. Yeah, well, you know, Chester's a majority black city. Like, okay. You know, yeah, Chester's a majority black city, so it was it was actually more surprising when we saw like a white person. It was like, oh, like it's a white person. Like that was more like odd. <laughs> okay. See. Because Chester's a black is a, a black and Latino city, but primarily a black city. Um, so it was definitely 
black folks who were out there. And even what was really cool is the majority of the doctors were black. Like, I only saw one white doctor. The other doctors, because it was actually two doctors at a time that would do it. First of all, the wind was blowing. God bless those people. The wind was blowing like crazy. So, you know, they got to hold a paper and try and do the thing. And so it wasn't, they were really, really pushing. And you could tell that they were really committed to getting this done. And they are traveling every other day. So I think they do it on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays. And they go to some of the um, hardest hit and also those areas where people don't normally go to test. So they like left Chester and Thursday went to Camden, New Jersey, right? So they're going to these places and like we're going to where we know these communities need testing. God bless them. Yeah. Yes. God bless yeah. them for that. And thank you for sharing as well. Um, I just want to, I want to ask as well too, with the testing, as far as um, any, anything else that you want us to know, um, any kind of tips um, besides wearing your mask, anything that you feel like people should know about going to get tested? Yeah, I think um, if they're, start asking the questions. I think mm. it is Start asking wherever you live. If you have not been tested, I why not and where can I go? And we need to start asking those questions outwardly because if you haven't been tested yet, the question that we need to be asking is why not? Right. And so I think from a testing standpoint, it is beginning to if we're going to start reopening stuff. Baby, I need to know, and this is, and I'm going to bring it back to us as individuals. Mm -hmm. We need to know as individual people, if the world is slowly opening back up, where we are in terms of, you know, are we, are we living with COVID-19 or not? It's just mm -hmm. important to know so that we can take care of not just ourselves, but other people if we're going back out into the world. Mm. So, I'm, yes, charged, I'm charged with that. Yeah. You're, you're, you're charging me to hold myself accountable. So I take all of that on. Mm -hmm. And um, I think the other thing that I would add, just kind of as a closing statement, it's not actually related to testing. It's related to something we talked about last week. Can I, can I do that? Can I talk Absol about that? Absolutely. So tell <laughs> um, people what you talked about last week and then yeah. we, can, we can go into it. Because if you haven't seen it, like it's, it's an incredible video, incredible video. So I'll let you tell the people. <laughs> so last week, um, Michael and I, and we got to a chance to dialogue about it, but um, I talked about getting prep in the mail. So one of the things I decided to do was um, get prep in the mail. So I engaged with my, um, I'm engaging my own sexual health and taking control and decided that I was going to pursue it. Um, and one of the things I wanted to respond to, and if you haven't seen the videos, go back. So you can watch me and Michael chat, and you can also see me do some of the home testing in the other video. It's crazy. But it's good, right? Mm -hmm. um, but one of the questions um, that uh, I've seen a couple of times come up is, why prep, why not condoms? And I wanted to, um, and this is also related to COVID-19 in a way, right? Like we have to do the things that we can do for our own, not just uh, our, our sexual health, but also our health overall. And mm -hmm. I think prep for me is a tool and I think prep for a lot of people is a tool. If we're going to keep it if we're going to keep it plain, the CDC does say prep and condoms. Like that's already part of it, right? But at the end of the day, it's important I think for all of us to um 
engage our sexual health in whatever way we choose to. So if you choose to use PrEP, great. If you choose to use condoms, great. If you choose to use PrEP and condoms, great. If you choose to use neither, great. It's all about having the information and then using the tools that you have. So I want to say that I am encouraging people to, uh, for their own personal sexual health and health overall, just um, use the tools that are available to us. And for me, PrEP is a tool. So I wanted to respond to some of the people that have asked that question and say that I wanted to do it personally for me. It may not be for everyone, just like the way I got it might not be for everyone, but at least it's available. Thank you. Thank you for that. I, I appreciate it so much. For leaving, for leaving us with that. So before we get out of this space, um, let the people know where they can find, find you um, as well. Perfect. So of course you can find me always at the counter narrative, but um, personally, I'm J Ray is the name everywhere. Um, J-A-Y-R-A-Y-T-H-E-N-A-M-E. I left the I-S. J Ray is the name. Don't worry about it. Spell, <laughs> you know, you, you'll get it. And um, you can find me on my website, johnnyraycornegay.com. Come hang out. Yes. And thank you all for hanging out with us. Thank you so much, Johnny. Make sure you go back and watch those videos and as well the other COVID-19 videos that we have about testing, um, what's going on in our local communities and ways that you can be engaged. Um, follow us on our social media on Twitter at Building Desire, Facebook and Instagram. We're at The Counter Narrative. And as always, be good to yourself. We love you and appreciate you um, as well.